Tired of asking why? Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast, where we are answering life's most difficult questions. Now, here's your host, Teresa Blaze. Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast. I'm Teresa Blaze, and I can't believe it. It's episode 50. Good grief. Boy, have we come a long way. And today, I've got someone who's back. In fact, she was here on the very first episode. Jan, can you believe that was 50 episodes ago? You have just done a marvelous job. 50 episodes. <laughs> wow. Well, I told you guys, um, kind of hinting at it in previous podcasts, that I was going to switch things up a little bit for, for episode 50. And so I am. I'm not the one running the show today. Jan is. She's got a topic and she's got an idea. And so, Jan, what are we doing? I was thinking a lot about this episode and it was the thing that kept coming back was just our relationship with God. Our do we believe in him? Do we not? What who is God? And all the things, our relationship, our communication with God, how much he loves us, all of those things is what just kind of moves me. That's definitely, I mean, that encompasses a lot and that could definitely spark a few uh thoughts. I mean and I, I know for some, there, you know, the thought is, well, I mean, I mean, of course, you know, I have a relationship with God. Of course, I believe in Him. But for some, it's like, well, I'm not so sure. Well, I know thinking back over my own journey with God, who is He? Do I believe in Him? Is He real? Do I not? You know, that um, is, I think, a journey that all of us travel, or I pray that all of us would travel, even if you're in a place where you don't believe in Him. I think doing some exploring is one of those things that uh, money can't buy. You know, it's um, it leads to a full and rich life. That's what I believe. Mm. You know, the, the funny thing I, I find about that is, is I, I, I mean, obviously, if you're not a believer that and you don't believe in God, then you're, you're like, you can't have a relationship with something that doesn't exist. You know, I think of um, uh, if anyone has seen that movie, God is not dead. And I think of... Uh, that that teacher that you know his whole idea was to just tear down the idea the possible idea that there could be a big guy upstairs or or that he could be all loving but towards the end he says something i think and this i think is what gets in the way of a lot of people when he was about to die he says god says no a lot doesn't he Mm -hmm. He does. Well, you know, it's like a parent. If you're a parent who loves your child, you're not going to tell them yes to everything, that will, anything that will harm them. And we're like God, and we should be like God in that respect. <laughs> That's true. I think a lot of times we don't even see that. I mean, We've had texts back and forth, text conversations. And I mean, that's something I can honestly say is we've texted back and forth because a lot of times the questions that I bring to the Unresolved podcast, they tend to sometimes start out as conversations off mic. <laughs> they do. Mm -hmm. And that's why I thought back through my journey. I know that I made a major commitment to the Lord in 1978. You can tell I'm not a spring chicken, but um, I always thought, and I didn't know why that I belonged to God somehow. So I never had a great big there was never a great big chasm between the Lord and I, but there were all those questions about 
who are you? What does that mean to me? Who am I to you? All of those things. So it has been a great journey. You know, there was a time that I tell people I spent about seven years just doing circles in the desert, kind of like the Israelites did. It tells us in the Bible. And, you know, I have come to firmly believe and have faith in the fact that God is worthy of seeking. Now, that's an interesting phrase. You want to expand on that? God is bigger than what our brains are capable really of understanding, especially all at once. You know, here is, he's supernatural. He, uh, the Bible tells us about all the attributes that he has, that he um, is in, he invented time. So the reason he knows things that are coming and things that are past is he kind of sits and looks at time. He doesn't, he's not in it. He's above it. So he already knows all the sins I'm going to commit before I leave this world. All the ones I have, it says in the Bible that he knows our thoughts before we think them. And That's scary. Well, it might be scary, Teresa, but the fact is that the Bible also says before the foundations of the earth, you know, in the beginning, there was a great void here, the Bible tells us, right? Before that, he, God, the triune God, had decided that it says from the foundation of the earth, Christ died for us. I used to wonder what that really meant. So, and um, we can explore that a little bit too. So God, in the beginning, before anything was created, had a plan to bring people back to himself because he was creating people who are finite and he's infinite. So, or actually, uh, that's wrong. We, everyone who lives, were made in the image of God, the Bible says. So all of us are going to live eternally. So um, all these things that we hear about God that we wonder about, and it's a journey. It's not anything that we're born knowing, and we have to journey. If we, he tells us if we seek him, we will find him. You know, that's kind of that, where I am. You know, obviously there's the issue of whether someone knows God, but I think even those of us that know God struggle to really understand what it is we've entered into. We'll never be bored with God. There's always more. <laughs> well, there is that. But what I mean to say is, how many times have you have you read? I mean, because I was just reading in, um, what was it? Ezekiel 33. And he says, I don't take pleasure in the death of the wicked. He was kind of going on and he was like, you know, return return to me that you may live. And I, I it just really struck me. I mean, we get this picture of God as this like, especially in the Old Testament, as this big dude who really doesn't like people. Well, if you read a lot of the Bible, you'll see where God outlined everything, you know, um, to the people. He said, you know, do this, you'll live, do this. And he thinks that sin is so bad that it is leads to death. Sin is anything that you think or do or say that is um, not pleasing to God, um, to define that. You know, and one of the reasons he got so mad at the uh, children of Israel was because they were idol worshipers. And so, and he said, instead of, you know, worshiping the one true God, you worship statues that you made out of stone or wood that you plate with gold. You're just wasting your time. But all of us make some kind of idols. And so that was why he wanted them to return to him, some that leads to life instead of something that ultimately will lead to death. You said that you were, you were most uh, uh, interested in, in speaking about the relationship that we have with God. So where are we at with him? 
Well, if you think way the first part of the Bible, first of all, I want to read you something from John. I mean, I talk about the Bible, um, but I want to tell you the first in the Gospel of John, it says, um, it's just a few verses. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. This is out of the New Living Translation. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and he brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness can never distinguish it. But then one more verse, if you go down to verse 14. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we know there's this great hard to comprehend triune God, and the word that came to dwell with us is named Jesus. Um, And he was um, Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so when we read the word of God, our Bible, it's the only part of God that we can touch here on earth. So that's where a lot of, that's where the information comes from that we'll be talking about. But going back to um, the Bible, to the book of Genesis, it talks about God creating everything, the world, how he made a garden in Eden, how he created man out of the dust of the earth. It said, and breathe life into him. So when we talk about being God breathed, that's what it's about. Um, and then he made, um, man uh, a mate and that was eve somebody that was suitable to be his companion and god walked with them every evening in the garden and talked to them and they you know it was a free conversation so that's where the beginning of our relationship came with with god and that's how he would have it to be now and of course because he didn't want to create somebody that was robots or not not robots but like animals that are compelled to do things in season they've mating season they have a season where they do other things you know he wanted he created us with the ability to make choices so we could choose because he ultimately wanted a people who wanted who loved him because it was him and not because they were compelled to so god gave us a choice in the in the garden. He made a, a couple of trees. One of them was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he said, the one rule that they had was don't eat of that tree. And oh, we couldn't even keep that rule. <laughs> and um, he allowed a beguiler, um, our, the God's great enemy um, called Satan now, to, um, he got kicked out of heaven and he ended up in the garden and he tempted Eve, you know, and he said, when you um, eat of the fruit of this tree, you will know you'll be like God and you'll know good and bad. And you'll, so I thought that sounds pretty good, right? I thought, I'm glad it's not Jan and Keith. Keith is my husband instead of Adam and Eve, because, you know, it sounded like you'll be like God and you'll, you know, so I thought you'd think, well, I'd like to be like God, but um, they chose to disobey God. And so they chose um, to be separated from God in that moment. And so since then, we have um, had enmity with God because of um, Adam and Eve's choice to break that one rule. You know, it's funny because you you go back to, I mean, before you deal with the whole choice thing, I want to kind of step back and let's focus in on on Genesis 2 for a minute. I mean, what we're talking about here is something that I don't think people can really get. I mean, they read it on the page, but who can really get your head around? Adam and Eve, they literally walked in a garden with God and, mm-hmm. and, and talked to him like 
like you and I are talking. I, and to me, that's like, it tells us that Moses did the same thing later on in the Bible, that, you know, he was with God in the tabernacle of meeting, you know, it wasn't the same as in the Garden of Eden, but uh, they saw each other face to face as we will when we're with him um, in the end in heaven. But uh, it is, I know. And to them, it was normal because they were the only two people on earth. <laughs> and I know it must have been phenomenal. I can't wait for that time to come again. You know, I, I remember, you know, Pastor Paul, our, our pastor at Calvary Chapel, uh, Al Magordo, he, he has a saying that I always have this thought whenever he says, it, I'm like, is that even possible? And his comment is, I, my prayer is that you would walk so close with God that you would be in heaven an hour before you even realize something changed. <laughs> I hear that and I go, hey. Well, that is quite a prayer because the world is strong. You know, what did, uh, uh, sounds like a line from Yoda. It was strong in that one. The force is strong in that one or whatever. But really the only place in this earth, it's a gravelly world that we're protected is when we are in prayer with God or in communion with him. And it's just God and us. And the Bible tells us, you know, absent from the body, present with the Lord. So when our body dies, our house that we live in now, our spirit and our soul lives forever, where we're eternal people, then um, it says we'll be with the Lord. So I think that's how a lot of people endure even to the death and don't deny Christ and are martyred because we have that assurance of our afterlife being in a pleasant place. Right, right. You know, I've been, I listen to uh, the Voice of the Martyrs podcast and I hear stories of these people that have their faith. I sit there and I go, yeah, I don't even measure even close to that. (laughs) I really don't, you know, and I, and, and I think a lot of people sit there and go, I believe in Christ, but I'm not even near what some might call strong faith. Well, that grows as we seek to learn more about God, it grows, our faith grows, and our knowledge grows, and we have um, this awesome and hard-to-understand triune God, the God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the one who illumines the Word for us. I know a lot of people said, I've read the Bible and I can't understand it. Well, invite God in to help you read the Bible, and the Holy Spirit is the one that, that helps us learn the Holy Spirit of God, the third part of the Trinity. So um, try that if you haven't had uh, success doing that. I want to kind of uh, step back a little bit. I want to bring some objections, uh, you know, that a lot of people might have towards, you know, quote unquote, a loving God, because I think that there are a lot of people that may hear it and go, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. And so I figured let's let's deal with the objections that someone might have, because there may be someone out there who's listening and they're not quite buying it. Um, and so one of them that comes to mind right off the bat is if God is so loving, then why the evil? Well, you know, there we have a choice. We have an enemy. And, you know, a lot of times evil comes from people plotting who want money or power or things like that. And they're not thinking about other people or niceties or things like that. They're thinking about all the money and power that they can have, and that's their choice. And so, of course, when that is in play, then a lot of shrapnel gets thrown around, whether it be physical or spiritual or, you know, um, the Bible gives us examples of even 
um, his own people that were supposed to represent him, the the leaders, the religious leaders of the Jews. Um, and I have to say right now that the Jewish, the, the people of Israel have had to be examples for all of us. We have them written all through the pages of the Bible, and it's not like we're any better. We were the nations or the Gentiles or whatever, but they have had to be in the fishbowl and being examples to teach us. So, um, and God still honors them. But anyway, it does tell us in the Bible that Jesus said, woe unto you because of the things that you've done in misrepresenting God and wanting power and whatever that is. So we have to know that. And um, one of the authors that I like um, named Ravi Zacharias says, when evil plots together, it's like the breath of hell. You know, and you know, in our hearts, in the book of James, it says that with the same tongue, with the same mouth, we can um, bless God and curse people. So it's in us as well. Sometimes we call it the flesh or whatever that we can be mean, but God is a just God. He blesses even when we don't deserve it. But the thing that helps me with that is I know that um, as a Christian, that God sees everything. Everything is recorded in books. It tells us that in the book of Malachi and other places that, uh, you know, and not that he doesn't remember things or he's not over time, but he says, justice is mine and I will take revenge. So even if, even if it's just hurt feelings for me, if I'm doing the right thing and somebody comes and blasts me, whether it's just because I'm in the room or because I'm a Christian or for whatever reason, that... I'm not ever by myself. God always sees that. And I mean, I hope that whoever it is, is a Christian will come to know the Lord, you know, or, or not. But we have evil in this world and bad things happen. I mean, I was just thinking about the rants that people have had lately about abortion and how cavalier an attitude we have about killing children and whatever else you call it, it's still killing children. And that is harmful even to the people that are ranting about it because, you know, we talk about stress sometimes, how you think you're doing all right, but your body starts doing funky things because you've been so stressed for so long. Well, even with people that are objecting and ranting and want their rights, as they call them, it's harmful to them. It's funny, you know, we live in a, I mean, I watch, I mean, we live in a world where you've got people that are literally uh, going on and creating these like videos and documentaries about, you know, oh, you know, God bless a person. And that's just, I mean, I heard that and I went, okay, that's sick. Well, anyway, it is a gravelly world and it's in a time where um, evil is called good and good is called evil. A lot of times I know I have enough years behind me that I've seen the change in this last couple of decades that um, even when we try to legislate morality, you can't legislate morality. So um, it's tough. But what I would uh, change the subject whenever you're ready about, I want to talk about the gospel a little bit. All right. All right. So, well, let's let's step into that a little bit, because, I mean, if you really think about what God did, it was kind of radical. Well, he created a people that, well, first of all, let me just say that uh, God did everything that he needed to do to allow us to be part of his family without mm -hmm. any participation from us. He 
created us. He cared for us. He sent his son, Jesus, the second uh, member of this triune God, God the Son, to earth, who taught us about God. And then what he did on the cross, we hear about the cross. He was, of course, beaten. It talks about that till he was unrecognizable. His beard was pulled out. He was crucified and died. He did that. If you read about the Old Testament system of sacrifice, you know, God thought that sin was so deadly that something had to die to make it all right. And the Jewish people would sacrifice and they would have the big day of atonement where once a year they would, um, or Passover, or, you know, all those things, they would, they would sacrifice an animal. An animal would have to die to atone for their sin. But that was only temporary. Um, it had to be a perfect animal. It couldn't have a scar or a mark or anything else on it. It had to be without sin as animals. You know, it just had to be perfect animals really don't sin. So it led us up to the place where we understood why God's son had to die because he was, when he was on earth, he was fully man and fully God. And so he died on the cross, but also on there, it tells a part between, I think, noon and three o'clock where the skies were dark and um, dark as night, very dark. And that is when I think that God poured all the sin of past, present, future people onto Jesus, and he actually paid the price for our sin so that if we acknowledge his work on the cross, then we um, are in the family of God because we can never do enough to pay for our own sin. And I know that's bigger than our brains are, and then, of course, Christ uh, died. He was buried for three days, and he rose again. And that resurrection, which was so well documented, um, is is the proof that he is God, because no one can, but God can bring themselves back from the dead. So we have an open path to heaven that we can choose, but we have to accept that Christ is. We have to have the faith to accept that Christ is and that he um, is advocating for us today is what his job is. He sits by the Father's right hand and advocates for us. So that is worth a journey of exploration to check it out. You know, it's it's funny because if you actually, it's it's why I say if you actually look at the gospel account and you actually look at what we're talking about with what God has done, um, it is almost radical. It's It's almost like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, for years, thought, why did anyone have to die for me? I don't want anyone to die for me. You know, and I did not understand that a just God knew that we would not be able to pay for our own sin. And he said, as you read in Ezekiel 33, that he's not happy about anyone perishing. So he did the work for us. Like as I said, the gospel, God did all that. We didn't have to participate at all. Our job is just... Um, coming to just exploring it and coming to faith and saying, yes, God, I, I um, am a sinner. If you've ever had even mean thoughts, that's against what God um, likes. Um, we have that open ticket and um, we just have to accept Christ's work on the cross on our behalf to enter into the family of God. And when you talk, when you say accept, you just, you just mean okay. You're just coming into an agreement, right? Okay, you, yeah, I can agree. Uh, you with agree. That. You have the faith to know that uh, God is, and that He has done the work for you. And if you accept that work, your sins are covered. So yes, there is some faith involved. Yeah, that, and see, I think that's what trips a lot of people up because you sit there and you go, 
But I, I mean, in the world, we live in a world where it's, it's too easy. Yeah. Well, it's not only too easy, but it's also a situation where a lot of people that grow up, Hey, I have to make my own way. You know, I can't really trust in anything and I can't trust nobody. And I have to make my own way because if I don't, it's, it's about earning uh, respect or earning my way or this or that. And so it almost seems like the gospel is. Well, we're not talking about things here on earth, right? We're talking about God who is bigger than all of that. So on earth, that is true. We live in a gravelly world, as I said, where um, money and power and all kinds of crazy things, self, are the rulers of this world. And the enemy of God um, loves that because it keeps us from seeing heaven or seeing seeing God or the possibilities of our creator. And God says he's written his law on our hearts. And so even if you have decided to be a staunch atheist or something else, I don't think you'll ever be settled or in a firm place until you at least, even if you explore it, but don't accept it. So, um, and I know that that's already put some people's back up, just what I've said, but uh, go big, go big. Don't be satisfied with the status quo of this world. It is worthy of your exploration. And my friend Brad says, we have a million chances a day to um, accept Christ as Savior or come to the knowledge of God. Every breath we take, um, God gives us a chance. No matter where you find yourself now, whether you have a long list of years of evil or if you're good and don't think you need God because you're a good person, you know, if you don't accept the work that his son did on the cross, that's how we get in God's house. We, you know, when in his home of, of heaven, um, you have to accept what his son did on the cross on your behalf. So it's worthy, as I said, of exploration. How many times have I said that? <laughs> you know, I think that seems to be the theme of, um, but if you're talking about exploration in the same breath, you also have to consider what about those that might say, hey, I'm all for being quote unquote spiritual. So what about the other paths that like uh, the other religions who's to say you're right and they're wrong? Well, let that be part of your exploration. I know there are a lot of great books out there that compare a lot of them. And um, the thing is that none of those other religions have um, a way except for works. If you work and do this or do that or work and do this and do that, then maybe you'll be good enough to go to the good place, wherever that is. But God, uh, the, the gospel of our creator God is that he has done the work for us. If we accept that work that he has done for us because he wants us to be with him forever, then um, we have to accept it, which is the hard part for us is believing and accepting. All the others, if you explore them, you know, if you achieve nirvana or if you do this or that or do jihad, whatever it is, there's no God like ours. Do you here's a here's a question. Do you think that the gospel is a one-time acceptance or do you think that even as Christians we have to be willing to come to that place? I think it's different for the individual. Some people have what they call a radical uh, meeting with God and they just know what they know what they know. Others of us we accept and then we figure it out. You know, that's kind of what I did. I thought, well, I know I belong to God. I don't quite know how. It wasn't really radical or anything like that. It was just a journey. 
until I really came to know. And there was a time when I um, had been doing my, I called it my seven years circling the desert when I hadn't been going to church or anything after I accepted him. And I had a, a meeting with him one night. I said, Lord, I, I want to come and back and be close to you and participate in how you would like me to in a church and things like that. But I want it to be different. I want it to be like uh, the only one person I could think of was Billy Graham. I want to I want to talk to you and I want to hear your answer to me. And um, I just need you to tell me the first step because I don't know what to do. And um, the answer that I felt in my spirit was that I didn't hear a, a, a voice, but I heard it, the answer in my spirit was read my word. And so that has made all the difference because uh, the Bible has been called the acronym Basic Instruction Before Leaving Earth. Um, so that made a big difference in my life. And I have had examples of what God can do um, otherwise, even safety-wise or things like that, that have just spurred me on. But um, more reading the Word and just the uh, feeling that it's true, even the hard things in there. And Jesus, I mean, the people that are in there, you see the good, the bad, the ugly. It's not the cleaned-up version of how we are, you know, so... Right. I mean, you got you read the Bible and you get a real good snapshot of uh, situations. And I find, you know, I think and I, I have stated multiple times that everybody has questions. Everybody, whether you're a Christian or an atheist, everybody has those nagging, annoying issues or questions that they cannot figure out. Some are really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And and then you sit there and you look at God and you're going, if you're good and if you're loving and you're everything this book says, then explain this, whatever this happens to be. We've had this discussion for over a year, yes. You know, guys, like I said, I, we, I a lot of the conversations that I bring to Unresolved, sometimes they, they are birthed out of um, offline conversations. Well, yes, God is able to do anything. Yes, he could come in and zap everyone that he thought was bad, but then the whole population of the earth would be gone because none of us are perfect. And he said, be ye perfect as I'm perfect and be holy as I'm holy. It's a good thing there's mercy and grace because none of us are perfect and none of us would match up to God's holiness. So, mm -hmm. so and there's evil in this world. How many of you listening are thinking about the evil that you do or have done or I've done or whatever, you know, it's our choice. And people are hurt because of that, whether you be a parent and your children are messed up or whether you be children and it breaks your parents' hearts or whether you be an employer and anybody, you know, bully, uh, uh, just whatever, whatever it is, it's, it's where we live, but we have the hope of something better. Sometimes when it's just, I know people who just, it's more piled on, more piled on, more than thinking of one of my friends now who her whole family is just one thing after another um, is happening physically to them. I don't know what their medical bills are mounting up to. And one guy just got fired because he had to recover for too long. And, and, um, and these are people who love God. So in this world, uh, in the book of Job, it says, as surely as sparks fly up, there will be trouble in this world. And that's what Jesus told us as well. But we are looking forward to, we know that we're, if you're a Christian or whoever, that it says, the Bible says, we're strangers and aliens in this world. We're not in our real home. And so another time we'll talk about how awesome heaven is. 
I think the thing that I come away with and, you know, because when I, when I first started this show, I started because I was like, I had a lot of events where I could not process them under the uh, context of God is good, but he still allowed this. Now I've come to the place of, you know, I've forgiven, you know, people that I needed to forgive, you know, but I think a lot of people, and this is just a a thought that kind of comes to me is not only do people say he's not good, but then they say, I can't forgive him because he allowed this, whatever that is. And I, and, and, and I get that. I get that. I'm not saying it's tragedy can send, people closer to God or further from God. It just depends on how well you know him and where you stand and how much you trust him. And some things are devastating and horrible and tragic and we don't even want to think about them, never mind, you know, if it's close to you. Um, I'm not disagreeing with that. Some things are just really hard, you know. God's willing to comfort you. He's willing to help you, but it's hard. And I th- and it really comes down to, you know, it's it's I, I did a show a while back where, where I asked the question, is it OK to be angry with God? And I think in some respects it is. Well, the Bible also says in your anger, do not sin. God says, let us reason together. So he's up for the conversation, but he uh, I wouldn't, you know, if you're always railing at God and you know, you, you need to have a fear of God, a respect for him. Although when you're coming to him and if you're, you know, arguing with him to start with, um, you can argue with him forever. You won't get in his house, you know, that doesn't matter. But, but he is willing to reason with you and show you, you have to, he says, uh, seek me and you will find me. And so I know of some apologists, I'm thinking of Josh McDowell, who, um, was just knew that he would prove that there was no God. And it ended up that he's a great champion and an apologist for God now. Others, um, same thing with Lee Strobel, Lee Strobel and C.S. Lewis, and um, even um, I can't think of his name now, but there have been people who are really loud and um, strident atheists who have uh, found God. So as long as you're breathing, you know, you can, you have a chance. Um, but the other thing is the reason I'm talking about heaven is because we are all eternal beings. And if you choose the work of Jesus, then, then, uh, on the cross for, on your behalf, then you live, dwell with him forever. There's another place prepared if you do not want to be around God or with God for you. And it's not very pleasant. And so since we're eternal beings and God is the creator God, then, um, you know, there's two choices of where you'll end up for eternity. And um, that's a job. That's a, that's something for another show as well to explore hell and heaven and all the whys and somebody that's more expert on it than me, probably. Likely, but you know what? I think it's, it's a, it, I think it's a subject where people, you know, where someone might say, okay, if God is loving, why would he create something like that and send someone there? He doesn't send anybody there. We choose to go there. He, Jesus died to open up the kingdom of heaven for us so we could be with him. Um, we can choose that, or if you want to remain independent from God and just do not want to even go there, then there is a place created for you too. You're not lost in space. You're lost in hell. And I say that but I, with great weight because if you read about it, 
that's where it is. If, if God is the creator God, and I believe that, then it says in the Bible that uh, there will be a great white throne judgment and everyone will bow and uh, know that Jesus Christ is Lord and he will be the judge. And it says everything is written down in books. And unless our name is written in the Lamb's book of life, which is just not that we're great. I have many faults, which you know, um, but I love the Lord. I've accepted Jesus' work on the cross as saving me then, or paying for my sin price. The Bible also, I meant to tell you in the book of Hebrews, it said there is no atonement for sin without the shedding of blood. That's God's rule for uh, the payment for sin. And we saw that first in the garden when they tried to cover themselves with fig leaves and God said, no, that won't work. I'm covering you with skins. And we all know what happens when you take the skin off of something. So that's a little aside. Yeah. So that is God's rule. So he is good. He's just. So the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of, of God is uh, um, eternal life through Christ Jesus. So we have a choice. You know, I mean, I mean, we could probably, you know, go into so many different places. And I know we've touched on a lot of different topics. It really comes back down to what do you believe? Is there God? And if there is, then go on the journey. Yeah. Because, I mean, a lot of people, they kind of go, I mean, I'm just living life. I'm trying to make it through this place. And it's, I'm having a hard enough time dealing with that. Why do I want to deal with a God? Well, we have to deal with God sooner or later. There's a saying, this is bidden or not bidding. God is present. So find a church that is a Christ-honoring church, meaning that they believe that Jesus is God, Jesus is God the Son, and that believes in the whole Bible. And um, you will hear the truth, and hopefully that will start you, that will help you continue on your journey. Wow. I think that that's a good place to kind of leave people thinking. And, you know, when we talk about the relationship with God and we talk about how much he loves us, I admit, even I sometimes will go, yeah, but what about this? You know, so I am my, I am by no means do I have this whole relationship with God or, or God actually gives a care about us or loves us. I don't get that. I really don't, but I believe it. Well, sometimes in my walk, I've said something has happened and I've said, Lord, did you see that? Because <laughs> I know he does. And um, I know I'll be okay, but I thought that person needs to get over themselves. <laughs> I've kind of gotten to like when something happens, I'm like, hey, Lord, newsflash, I kind of need help down here. <laughs> you know, you know, so that's kind of my new uh New new thing with him, and I think he gets it. So. I think about how many times I aggravate him the way that people are aggravating me, and I'm glad of grace and mercy. Well, there is that. There is that. And I think, we, we, you know, you wonder if we do aggravate him, why is he put up with us? You know what? <laughs> Just like a parent loves their kids, we love them in spite of. Love is in spite of. Like is because of. God loves us unconditionally. And that's hard for us in this fleshly world to understand, but he just loves us. And no matter what we've done, he wants us to be with him forever. Need I say it again? Start on that journey. Just pray about it. Talk to God. That's what prayer is. Just talk to him about it. He, you know, he is the one true God, creator of heaven and earth. And, and like I said, you know, I want to pray to you or talk to you and I want to hear back from you. And um, seek him and you shall find him and he will show you i'm misquoting i think but great and marvelous things something like that and he'll blow our mind 
<laughs> he does tend to do that. Well, Jan, this has been a fun conversation. It really has. Thank you for uh, uh, taking the challenge. Oh, boy. You're very welcome. <laughs> well, guys, I also wanted to announce, um, and I figured now's a good time to do it as any. Uh, and Jan, you're welcome to give some feedback on this one. I have been really uh you know with with everything that is going on in the in the news um in the book of either first or second peter don't ask me where <laughs> uh it says that we are called to give an answer for the hope that we have within well an answer to what an answer to the different things that tend to come up right i'm looking at uh the news of the day and i have just felt a burden to answer what is going on through a biblical lens i have you know been working and it, you know by the time this episode is up that you should be able to find it i am actually starting a separate wing or a separate division of unresolved life ministries and that would be a uh, news and media division um <laughs> it's it's kind of funny because i have been kind of you know chewing on where how to uh, structure it i I'm leaning towards a, a um, once a week podcast with articles up on the site. But what I have set up so far right now is if you go to www.unresolved.news, what you will find is a uh, webpage where um, you'll be able to sign up for the newsletter that I'm creating for that. And uh, I will keep you updated as to you know when things go live and uh, as I post new articles, that kind of thing. You'll be able to get that, and you may even find a blog there that has some articles. It just depends on how far we get. But you will find an up, you know, up-to-date site. And my heart is, let's seek the truth behind the, the media. Let's seek the truth behind what what is being said, and let's do it. Uh, and let's see what God has to say about it. What do you think, Jan? It sounds like a great thing to listen to. Well, I will also be announcing once the actual podcast goes live. I mean, I don't. You know, I can't give you a time frame because as of this recording, I'm not quite sure what it is, but I'm looking forward to, to, to doing it and, and stepping out and doing what God uh, wants in that area. So, Jan, do you have anything that you want to say before we uh, sign off here? I just want to say that whoever's listening and that I'm praying for you, uh, for Teresa's listeners, and I pray that I would see you in the great forever in God's home. The great forever. That's an that's an interesting way to put it. Wow, guys, I really hope that you've enjoyed this conversation, and I hope that uh, this has at least sparked uh, some interest. Um, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me. Uh, you can do so at Teresa at Unresolved Life. And with that, thank you guys so much uh, for listening. Let's see if we can get to episode one hundred. What do you say? With that. We will speak again next time. You've been listening to the Unresolved Life Podcast. To catch all our past shows, go to unresolved.life. That's unresolved.life.